0: Hello and welcome to Dragnet from OTRGold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. we oh, you're about to hear
1: is true. Only the names have been changed to protect the innocent. You're a detective sergeant. You're assigned a robbery detail. A lone bandit robbed a jewelry store and robbed their life. in broad daylight. He took five thousand dollars in precious stones. He's reckless. He's well armed. Good job. Documented drama of an actual crime. For the next 30 minutes, in cooperation with the Los Angeles Police Department, we will travel step by step on the side of the law to an actual case transcribed right from official police files. From beginning to end, from crime to punishment, Dragnet is the story of your police force in action. December 7th, It's still in Los Angeles. We're working the day watch out of robbery detail. My partner's Billy Merrill, the boss of Captain Diddy. My name's Friday. It was one forty-eight p.m. when I got to the basement of the city hall. The carpool. came. over there. Ralph, right. Oh. Hi. Hi, Jerry. This is from Beverly, is that right? Yeah. You better take Beverly Boulevard out, huh? Right? Want to get the radio? Yeah, all right. No report yet? No, he got away on foot. He headed down 6th Street after the holdup, washed himself in the crowd. Better watch it, camera.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. How the thief work at this store? to sir. There was not much to tell. He walked in the store at the right time, pointed his gun, grabbed a tray full of diamond rings, and walked out. $5,000. Figured he must have had the jewelry store pretty well I mean, like he's had practice. It could be. It's one thing—he's well armed. Attention All units, All
0: units, a third and
1: digital, third and that, huh? What? with a gun. All units, digital, attack attack, another another gun. units to well, a third and third with a third a with a gun. huh? 80K, up for investigation, Saving Vicksville, That must be it up ahead, Joe. Yeah. Right in the middle of the intersection, there, the car turned over. Huh? Mm-hmm. That's all it's doing? Yeah, let's go. Man, stretched out on the straight over there for Yeah. I wonder if we could get through here, please. Excuse me, sir. Let us through, please. You. Well, let's don't just stand around looking. If somebody call the police you to to see them. You involved me? Sure, I was in it. Did yeah, anybody call the police? What police officer? What happened? Oh, I'm too glad to see you. An awful lot of trouble. Yeah. How about this man here? What happened? Oh, I slugged him. I had to. What do you mean? Well, yeah. I don't know what happened. He went a little crazy, I guess. He pulled this gun on him. How is he, Jeff? He's got a bump on the head. Seems to be all right otherwise. What's your name? Johnny Brooks. Uh, that truck over there, that's what I was driving. I was coming down Third street, and I stopped with a red light over there. Uh, that's going over there now. Yeah. And uh, when the light turned green, I started across the intersection. this guy was the air, came barreling down bits, and went right through the red light, hit the front of my truck, flipped his car right over on the stride, just like the Yeah, go ahead. Well, guy went a little crazy, I guess. Uh, right after the crack-up, I pulled the truck to the curb and got out. This fella here was just climbing out of the top side of his car. He didn't seem hurt at all. Yeah, was. Well, when he saw me coming over to him, he pulled a gun and pointed it at me. Then he turned and started running. I couldn't figure it out. What'd you do? So well, as soon as he turned his back to run, I went for him and tackled him. Fought like a target. That's why I say I slugged him. I, I had to, officer. There's something awful funny about the whole thing, a little bit of a, Look here. There's a spot right here. fell out of his coat when I slugged him. You take a look. Yeah? Here. must be three, four dozen in there. Rings, all kinds. Yeah. Looks like diamonds the in them, doesn't it? <coughs> the ambulance up and he took the unconscious jewel robbery suspect back to Georgia's receiving hospital. After it was revived and treated for Captain Grozier, we took him back to the city hall at the interrogation room. We could have a description of the jewelry store bandit almost exactly. He refused to talk. He wouldn't even give us his name. We had his fingerprints taken, and then we had him checked through R&I. The man was identified as Vernon Albert McCauley, an ex-convict out of Folsom and a two-time loser. He served one five-year term for armed robbery, and another three years for ADW. He We checked out the wrecked car he'd been driving and found out that it had been stolen two blocks from the scene of the holdup. We had the manager of the jewelry store, which had been robbed, brought downtown. He identified McColey as the bandit. The suspect still refused to talk. Ben and I took him to the main jail where he was just on suspicion at 211 D.C., 2, 4.15 p.m. He took back in at the office. Takes some of them a long time to learn for. Two-time loser. That's a lot of finishing. Huh? I can't figure. He's been out of full some seven months and going right back in again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we can get the complaint from the G.A. tomorrow and set the alarm for Thursday. Yeah. check with the manager of the jewelry store for us. I'm could have been in the most gas station holdup. Remember? that Yeah. Well, we'll have a little show up Thursday and we'll see what happens. You want to take care of your rest report? Yeah. I'll get out in the ATB, too. My turn up some outside jobs on him. I'm still hungry. You still got that candy bar from there? You still got i Yeah, here you go. Uh-huh. What's the matter with you later? anyway? I don't know. Been eating like a horse. i fan I'll stop. I'll get it. What do you got, Joe? Right it's huh. the escape. A broadcast and an all-point bulletin were gotten out on Vernon McCauley. All units in the vicinity of the escape were alerted. An hour passed. There was no report on the suspect. They we'll checked with the main jail and got the details on the escape. They told us that while Niccoli was being locked up in his cell, he pushed his fingers into the door jam and had them badly masked when the cell door closed on him. Both of Nicole's wrists were then handcuffed, and along with two other ailing suspects, he was taken over to Georgia Street Receiving Hospital by a pair of transportation officers. Going up the stairs to the hospital, Niccoli had turned suddenly, took one of the officers in the stomach, plugged the other one in the street. It happened at about 4.14 p.m. By 11 o'clock that night, there wasn't a trace of the suspect. 7.30 the next morning, Ben and I checked back in for work. Nicole was still large. Overnight report, Joe. Have a look. What do we got? Yeah. Electric store? Gas station? Mm-hmm. Another electric store. Hopefully, three have them held up between midnight and 2 a.m. Take a look at the bank description. Mm-hmm. WMA, 5 feet 9, pounds didn't build our for How about? I didn't waste time getting started again, pretty big come-down at this McCoy, the McCordy. diamond that's the liquor store. Well, he had to do something. He didn't have any clothes, no money. How about that car you used on those jobs? Stolen. So, he covered it earlier this morning. They're going over to the plant. Who Joe? Really? Yeah, i this one right away, will just had to call a minute ago. Well, what's that? What <clears throat> is name, Matthew Robbs. runs a candy store near one of the great schools over in Boyle Heights. He might be able to tell you something. Yeah, about what? Nicole saw him last night. We got in the car and drove over to the Boyle Heights district where we located Matthew Hobbs' place of business. It was a small store on Delray Avenue, one block from the neighborhood grammar school. The sign out in front read New Geneva Candy Parlor and Variety Store. There was the usual display in the window: a wind-up train, a few inexpensive dolls, pencils, writing tablets, and some crepe paper. Inside, the main attraction was two long showcases filled with a variety of penny candies. There was a small photo in the rear the store, topped with a slab of worn marble. Matthew Hobbs was a small, thin man. He looked to be in his mid-60s. He sat behind one of the counters filling cellophane bags of Christmas candy while he talked to us. We asked him about Nicola. Yes, that's right. It was last night. About 10 o'clock, 10.15. No later. Wanted to You know the know that well, Mr. Hobbs? As mm, well as I know most of the kids that grew up around here. Yes, I guess I knew him well. well what did he ask for in the way of help? His money? Clothes? He got no family left. I guess I was the only one who got some to. to mm-hmm. Well, how is it that you didn't notify us to Mr. Hobbs? I knew you'd ask. Like the springs, but... I told it yesterday, please. Did you hand me that stack of bags there, Sergeant? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah? No, 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 the number two. Yeah, those, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, There you are. Thank you. As I said, he knocked on my back door about twenty o'clock, and I let him in. I said, just like an animal. Some kind of crazy animal. Mm-hmm. Did he have handcuffs on? Yeah, but the chain connecting him was broken. He made me file off his hands up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't do it at first. I had no idea what was going on. He said he'd kill me if I didn't help him. But he threatening me, I never saw Bernie like that before. Uh-huh. Go on, you know, Sergeant, I knew that boy when he was in grammar school right up the street there. Once to sit down and think sometimes, huh? The way they grow up and change. Yes, sir. Well, what happened after you took the cuts off and of him? he got out of his gear clothes and put on one of my suits. Took what I had in my wallet, $12, and then he kept running around and he found my gun. He took that with him too. Well, didn't you think of calling for help? Not the way he acted, Sergeant. Just like a crazy animal. He'd have killed me if i tried anything. He warned me not to tell anybody who he was here. He said he'd come back and kill me if I did. Well, I waited this morning, and I called the police. He said McColey took a gun from Mr. um... What kind of a gun was? 32 Automatic. cold. I've had it for years. I have it registered with you people. He took just what he pleased, clothes, guns, money. If you want the truth, Sergeant, I just wasn't brave enough to try to stop him. Well, when McColey left here, did you he notice if he had a car? No, he left on foot. Walked across the creek, and went down that way, uh, towards the town. I don't know, I... I don't suppose you get... Too far. I hope not. Do you have any idea who he might try to contact? Some of his old friends, is relevant? No, no. He doesn't have any folks I know of. Terrible thing, isn't it, kids growing up? Uh-huh. the way they change, like Nicole. I don't understand them when they're kids. Seen hundred of them come through here. Know what they're thinking, how they feel. Kind of a hobby. I understand kids. The trouble is, they grow up. All of a sudden, they stop being kids. Yes, I don't understand them after that. After Candy's show, we went back to the office and got out a supplementary APB containing a description of the suspect's clothing and the gun that he'd stolen. And together with Gonzalez and from robbery, that and I checked all of Nicole's known friends in his usual hangout. Stakeouts were placed. We got nowhere. The late evening holdups continued. Each of the victims identified Nicole as the bandit. He used the same MO in each case. They worked only on the weekends Friday, Saturday, and Sunday nights. to would steal a car. 4 three holdups in the same general area within an hour, abandon the car in the same area, and then disappear. Two weeks passed, and then a month. The weekend robberies went on. In the most recent holdup victims, we found out that Nicole had picked up a partner. We checked the man's description to his staff's office. Each of the stolen cars used by the suspects and then abandoned were checked for print. We failed to identify the second man. The holdups continued. Nicole and his partner were still at large. Monday, January 26th, 8.30 a.m. Ben and I met with Captain Didion. What's the time, Dick? The usual. 3, three hold-ups, Friday, three Saturday, three Sunday. He's proved his point, he's consistent. Now, when do you blow the whistle on him? We're doing everything that can be done. Space out, get some units on duty. Not enough. The corner pocket wants some results. They want them fast. Uh, how about the times that the 3 stick up last night? Have been double-checked? Oh, no, correct. There's something else for you. Where's it, it Joe? Oh, it's a, the drug drugstore out in West Hollywood. Robbed at 11.14 p.m. Yeah? All right, uh, now this one. Coffee shop out in the valley. Robbed at 11.21 p.m. Both of them the same, MO, same area. That yeah, doesn't figure. They couldn't have made it from the spot in West Hollywood out to the valley in seven minutes. It's not possible. There's a report. Check it. I know, but how could they do it? I must be some way to work out the answer. There's got to be. I can give you a you now. Nicole, find him. <laughs> Another two weeks past, and then two weeks more. Besides the extra men and units put in service on weekends, two dozen separate space were established in areas where we figured Nicole and his accomplice would strike. Didn't help much. The holdups continued. There was only one difference. The description of the bandit didn't drive anymore. We still didn't have an answer to the superhuman speed that the two gunmen seemed to show and robbing victims at widely separated points all within a short period of time. We stayed on it. Friday, February 21st and I took our turn on night shift out in a vacant store on Sunset Boulevard. We were assigned to cover a drugstore and a bar directly across the street. We spent two weekends on the job. It was quiet; nothing happened. The third weekend was no different. One thing's for sure, we never have any luck taking soak No, we do This empty store must be the driest place in town. Well, oh, we've always had worse. What time was that? Mm. Five men midnight. Little band over in the bar. Sure earn their money, don't you? They? They're allowed, anyway. Here, bud. Let's hmm? have a look. Hey, did they have a car down the street yesterday? Oh, yeah, they're heading for the bar. What do you think? They both got dark here. About the same day. Looks like they're in a hurry. They're going in the bar. Yeah, come on. Come on, we better hurry. I see a truck. All right, throw him again. Look out. All right, hold it, hold it. Hold it. Throw him again. Now, come on. Hands behind your head. You them, hmm? All right, hold it right there. Come on, don't get feet. You all right, then? Yeah. You had a good time. Well, that's both of them. That wraps it up, huh? Well, you better look again. Huh? Neither one of them, Nicole. And... Listening to DragNet, a series of authentic case histories documented from official files. Not-
0: Many of our corporate customers are worried about employees going wild purchasing office supplies. StaplesLink.com allows them to set up workflow approval and gives them more control over purchases. StaplesLink.com and IBM are bringing office supplies and office management together. And I'm Anne at team of StaplesLink.com, Vice President of Business-to-Business e-commerce. StaplesLink with a great idea of giant stuff forward. Staples revolutionized the office supply industry for the people.
1: February twenty second. Ben and I took the two robbery suspects downtown to the city hall to the interrogation room. We checked them through R&I and found that they both had records for burglary in Grand Stapdano. The car that they'd been using that night had been stolen. After two and a half hours of interrogation, one of the suspects, a P. Alvarez, decided to break down and cooperate. 1 a.m., the interrogation room. I got something out of it, don't i helping you. You know, I'll forget to help you when you get me a call. Well, you know, right. if you don't know about the streets and be making me out of port, I want your story. throw I it. Mean, you know, never could have went for it. And believe me, it won't happen again. McCauley, you taught the caller, he talked me in with. Talk to you about me. Helping him out with pickup. I was his partner. And first one? After he goes there? Yeah, that's right. He came not have any of the system, crew sits the I do a sucker enough to go for it. How long did you long work mean? with him? Just a couple of weekends. Three, four, maybe. I didn't get along with him. No, nobody gets along with him. He's a little crazy, I think. Who's working with him now? Oh, I know. He's had two, three different guys on him. Who's with him? Say, beside the car. drink the water, please. All right, I'll get you to help you. All right, how How about the way McCoy works? three or four robberies a night all over town. A lot of guys working, that's so. all. They all think of the same way, huh? Yeah, sure. When I left them, I went on my own. I picked up a partner and used their system. Pretty good one, huh? Well, it looks like a good one, Mm isn't working all these days, picking up a hot car, dropping a car? Yeah, you got it. There must be half a dozen guys in this town working the system. My own guy's from the He taught it to them. Where do we fight a PCO? Nicole? No, not for sure. He's got figures, you know. He doesn't live there in town. He only comes up for the weekend and works Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then he takes off again. They so girl for what? we down by the border someplace, Tom, Kitty, k I'm not sure. You yeah, know, don't forget I'm helping you, huh? You we'll let them know I cooperated. Yeah, we'll let them know, was the last time you found the call again? Oh, it's been a month anyway. I never want to see him again. So this may help you, though. I, I know where his girlfriend stays. Yes. Probably on South Rampart. I can give you the address. You probably go see her once in a while. Mm-hmm. Somewhere else you can think of? Mm-hmm. No, that's about it. There won't be any pushover, Sergeant. Like I said, I think he's a oh, little crazy. He's not going to be an easy one to take, but well, we'll give it a try. Oh, I mean it that way. He's wild, but you get him, I guess. Just one thing, sir. Yeah. You have to him first. 3:45 a.m. Pete Albanese and his accomplice were booked at the main Jail on suspicion 211 PC. The next morning, Ben and I checked out the address of McCole's girlfriend, which Albanese had given us. The girlfriend's name was Esther revive She told us that she hadn't seen Nicole in more than two weeks. We asked her if she knew where the suspect stayed when he was in town. She gave us an address on South Depot. We called in and arranged for a stakeout on the girl's place, and, and we drove over to check the address that she'd given us. It was a small apartment in court on the edge of the industrial district. Nicole wasn't there, neither was the manager. We talked to one of the tenants who told us that the manager, um, Mrs. Fontaine was out of town. He said that while she was gone, her daughter, Norma, was looking after the place. The daughter was employed as a secretary at the Blue Cross Hospital Plan Office over on Wilshire Boulevard. We called the office and arranged for another stay out at the apartment court. One twenty-five p.m. We located the landlady's daughter at the Blue Cross office on Wilshire We showed her Nicole's mug mugshot. Of yes, course, um,
0: one of Mom's tenants, Mr. Reynolds, is in bungalow five. Anyone
1: staying with him, or something? No, I'm glad to stay with him. No,
0: he has visitors though. Is something wrong? Well, but when did you see this man last? This morning. When I was leaving for work, he was outside working in his car. And
1: he just gave me
0: two. Sure, go ahead. Blue Cross? Yes, sir? I oh, see. No, just address the letter to Blue Cross Hospital Plan. You can send it to us here at the Wiltshire office. That's right. Well, you're welcome. I'm sorry. What I hope myself
1: on a seat. You told us that you saw this man working on his car this morning.
0: Oh, yes. He was uh, parked right outside in front. I couldn't bear to it. I'm going to tell Mama about it when she gets home. What's that
1: Well,
0: uh, It was certainly strange because it's not that time of year. That's why I
1: noticed it. What's that?
0: Uh, he was coming to the license plate from his car.
1: Did you get the number? It's
0: right here in my place. <laughs>
1: 1.32 p.m. With the information furnished it by the girl, Ben got on the phone and called in a description of the suspect's car, together with the two sets of license numbers. With a 1941 Ford sedan, dark blue, white sidewall tires. Communications got out a broadcast and a supplementary ATV on it. At 6 p.m., Ben and I relieved the men on a stakeout at McCoy's apartment. They waited. No sign of him. We checked the office on the hour. No sign of the car. 10 p.m. Still nothing Doing. 11 o'clock nothing. We draw a companion from robbery, drove out and relieved us, and we headed back to the office. 11.26 p.m. What do you think? Oh, hello. I'll like plug every hole I can think of. Things do for a break, isn't it? Over here. After you, some sleep. Uh, wait a minute. Right? Right. Yeah. yeah, right away. Sheila? Hi. Right. Here's one to move on. Yeah? Carlson Beacon, southeast corner. What is it? It's only tired. I got it spotted. Mm-hmm. 7 56 p.m. Then and I drove to the vicinity of 12th and Beacon where we checked with the man in Unit 80K who'd spotted the car. They'd gotten out a code 5 on it. The description matched perfectly a 1941 Ford sedan, dark blue, white sidewall tires. The license number was one of those given us by the apartment manager's daughter that afternoon. Together with the two men in 86K, we staked out on the suspect's car at a distance. It parked almost exactly in the middle of the block. About 20 feet behind it, a red and white delivery truck was parked. The street was fairly deserted. The only place of business open was a small corner bar at the far end of the block. 12.30. 1 a.m. No one came near the dark blue sedan. We waited. 2 a.m. The corner bar closed up. A man came out, got in the red and white delivery truck, and drove off. 2.30 a.m. The dark blue sedan was still sitting there. We kept waiting.
0: Roger, hour, code 7.
1: Well, oh, one way or the other. I wish he'd make up his mind. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a long way. Cold room here, yeah, and it wasn't that vacant store. Better check and see if it's yeah, to it clear. Yeah, right, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. 80K to Control-1. 80K okay to Control-1. One. Control-1 one to 80K. Go ahead. 80K to Control-1. Uh, we
0: clear.
1: Control-1 to 80K. Okay.
0: Stand
1: by. Oh, you're on smoke. Nope. Mm, I'm out. Mm-hmm. You yeah. can't? I guess we do without. Yeah. Control 1
0: to 80K. Control 1 to 80K. Mm?
1: You're clear. Code 1. Can't make you success. 80K to Control 1. Roger. Can't make success. Have oh, a man. look, Joe. Just turn the corner. Yeah. Far end of the block up, sign. Heading up this way? Yeah. You make out two of them there? Mm-hmm. The two? They're passing by, Mr. Bennett. No. No, are they? No. Yeah. They're getting there, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Come on. Why did the show, they're getting out. All right, hold up there, both of you. Come down, Joe. Throw up the toy. Find it, Tom. Mm-hmm. All right, hold it. Don't shoot, do Throw out your guns, both
0: of you. Harry, don't shoot. Throw out
1: your guns. You. They'll gun. kill us. Get up, Harry.
0: They'll kill us. Come on, pull them out. Don't shoot.
1: Here's my gun. Don't shoot. One of them. Let's do. Let's go. Yeah, careful. There's a the gun. Don't shoot it up. My hand dropped. All right. keep him up. Okay, I will. But don't shoot I didn't use my gun. Harry did. I tried to tell him you heard me. You heard me. heard me. you not to shoot. Check my gun. I didn't shoot it you. Come on. Get him out in front of me. I'll get you. Come on, officer. Third time for me. All right, sir. So okay, Jerry, ready? Let's go. Please, huh? Give me a break. You took the wrong time to cry, me. Please, now, huh? this is the third time for me. I'm no good in that. You had your cases. You took them away. That's not the deal, huh? no good in jail. No good at all. We'll know better out here. Let's go. held in Superior Court, Department 87, City and County of Los Angeles, State of California. In a moment, the results of that trial. Now... (laughs) Vernon Nicoli and his accomplices were tried and convicted on several counts of first-degree robbery. They received sentences as described by law and are now serving their terms in the state penitentiary. First-degree robbery is punishable by a prison term of not less than five years with a maximum life term. Ladies and gentlemen, the Red Cross has been asked by your government to help the nation mobilize for defense. You can help by giving generously to the Red Cross. You have just heard man a series of authentic cases from official files. Technical advice comes from the Office of Chief of Police, W.H. Parker, Los Angeles Police Department. The FEMA... Phoenix-